are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey guys, welcome to Art on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey, and I'm here with David Laughlin, who... If anybody knows him, it's sure to be a wild, freewheeling discussion about everything, including maybe art. Hi, David. Hey, Tab, you want another beer? Oh, my God. <laughs> Coming in hot. Um, can you describe where we're, we're on site in one of your mural locations? Is, can you describe where we are? This is really cool. This has got to be one of the cooler places and uh, in, town, in the world. <laughs> I'm very excited about this space. And it's actually two businesses are going on simultaneously they've got a place of, it'll be a beautiful little coffee and tea shop where we're sitting right now called Agatha's. Yes. It's not open yet. It will be about a month or and so. And it looks like a beautiful English study. If you're thinking of learning. Agatha Christie and where she would die and be happy <laughs> because ghost, she would. Her ghost is. <laughs> then yeah. no this is just a beautiful little uh, what would you call it? A coffee. It's a place for people who love you know Clue and old books and yeah. old clocks We've and got a, ephemera. As a matter of fact, one of the walls is covered with old books. A, yes. a beautiful Posters. bookcase they built just for the occasion. So you did one mural here, and then the front room <coughs> you did a mural. What is that space? <coughs> the front is King Oliver's, and it will be a restaurant bar. And it's based on this, and I'll try to be quick, but uh, I thought this was fascinating. Uh, King Oliver was a famous a jazz leader, band leader in New Orleans, and he ended up uh, living here and actually working in this very building. What era is this? And this was the 30s, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he died here in Savannah. I found his gravestone accidentally years ago. Oh. We were in Bonaventure. Uh, and there was a plaque on the door here. Uh, on the side of the building here explaining about King Oliver a little bit, but hardly anybody ever sees that. Uh, but he was the one, he was like the one of the inventors of Dixieland jazz. I mean, Him and Kid Ory and a couple of the other guys were the first ones to be recorded doing it. Wow. So the, and then they're going to have live music here, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, for that, that was like the hip-hop of their time. It was completely it was really innovative. It was just, yeah. Yeah. For, for I'm really excited to have a space specifically dedicated to that because we do have a lot of jazz around town, but not specific New Orleans kind of. But here's a specific uh, thing about King Oliver is that he was the one, he was the mentor for Louis Armstrong. Okay. He was the one who hired him and showed him the ropes. He was, yeah, the young upstart and, for him. And let him prosper. I love that you know this about the history and kind of ideology of different jazz artists because I don't know much about I understand. this at all, so I love it. Well, I always love, I like history and I like music, so that sort of fits. Yeah. I always wondered where music came from. How, um, how did you, um, how did you get these, these mural gigs in here? How did that Oh, happen? I don't know. People knew me. People know people, yeah. Yeah. You've been keeping, so lately you're really busy. I feel like every time I talk to you, you just have a steady chain of mural gigs coming up. I'm doing a lot of commercial work. I've done commercial work like this all my life, yeah. really. But you're on um, a hot streak. Right now I'm doing a lot outside, which means 
people, I'm out in the public. Yeah, so people can see me now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really the indoor murals versus the outdoor. I mean, we're kind of just shifting into fall weather, but you've been dealing with the heat. And oh, like that was amazing. When they asked, okay, the, I have some, uh, just recently, a little topiary bushes. I painted on the wall on Engel and Volker's okay. building. Like a trump Loy kind of yeah, planters. Yeah, uh, that's what you call it. Yeah. Thank you. This is why I get for not A little French. Yeah. I'm doing Duolingo right now, so I'm great up on my French. <laughs> no, <just> <laughs> Ooh, you went to school. <laughs> um, yeah, but the fun thing about that is that it's very simple. But they, when they asked me, I'm considering right away, first thing is, oh, I'm going to be out in the middle of Savannah summer, yeah. sitting on the sidewalk, painting on the Frying side of this building. At least was it a, was it a short project? I oh, mean, absolutely. It, it was short but intensive, <laughs> and I put all of my previous knowledge into it. What are some wild things that people said to you as you were painting? I'll tell you a good one. The other day, I'm doing a different work um, because usually there it's just they're very being very nice actually down there. That was fun. Um, but the other day, I'm doing another commercial work over near the highway, way, remote shopping plaza for a barber academy. I'm painting okay. their windows, their doors, everything, a lot of lettering, the design. This is out sort of Garden City kind of area? No, no, no. It's out uh, uh, 204. It's out uh, oh, that way. It's okay. south. And the, mo the more unpopular exit, because they only have two fast food chains. And, you know, you, that's a sign of not being popular. Uh, but uh, while I'm doing it, I'm, uh, it was very intensive. They wanted a lot of lettering done, and I'm actually finishing up with the business hours on the door. Couldn't talk them out of it. And uh, you might have to come back all the time and tweak these. Well, that's hours. the thing. <laughs> but okay. And people are coming up asking me when they're open uh, yeah. while I'm painting. <laughs> but here, and some of them don't even talk to me. They just sort of look, go up and put their face against the window with their hand and like where, yeah, I, where I just painted. And you're like, like <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll stand back and let yeah, you do this. I don't have anything people to clean. Wild, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, they don't. They're not even acknowledging you as uh, your. It's kind painting. of amazing on that. But yeah. the other, the other part was just yeah. The polite ones ask when they're open. Okay. You're but not the, quite yet. One of the better ones, and I'll be brief. Uh, three people came over. This is a remote shopping plaza. I'm kind of impressed that somebody hired you to do hand. Had somebody hired me. And muraling on your, on this remote strip mall store well they saw me doing and this happens a lot they saw me doing work and we progressed from yeah. there they said hey can you do this too i feel like this is a real side benefit to just doing mural mural work in general is that by definition people are seeing you and just yeah work, but work begets more work. i'm always surprised when they come up and i'm painting a frog for instance yeah and they say oh so you just paint frogs <laughs> That's your specialty. You're, you're the frog painter. <laughs> like, yeah, just, no, that's not been my career. But yeah, you're like, at this moment, yeah. I'm painting this. I mean, it was funny. <laughs> when we were doing the uh, Prohibition Museum, and, you know, I've got every wall in there. It's very cool. And it's people were coming through, and they didn't know I did the lettering on the doors. They did the murals. I did a bunch of the faux painting and all this jazz. And they were asking who did this. Like, and they kept pointing to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm busy. You're actively... So and that place was... Op it had opened and you were still in there actively painting? Oh, no. We finished and then we opened. Okay. I mean, 
geez. Um, but that's the thing. With outside painting, with I've had a lot of opportunities with that company. Historic Tours of America, thank you. Oh, that's who's been hiring you? That's really cool. For decades. They're based in Key West, where okay. I used to live. Have you been traveling around doing things I had them? done that, yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I, there are some funny stories about that. I'm sure, uh, sure. But, I mean, for instance, uh, if they look in, uh, if you go to Washington, D.C., they've got a place there. This is one of eight cities that they're in, right? Yeah. And we did a lot down in Key West, of course. One of the biggest murals I did, but it was on a roof. Nobody could see it except if you flew in. Wow. Well, that was the purpose. Or if you were in a skyscraper. No, there's no skyscrapers okay. there on the island. <laughs> well, I lived in D.C. for a couple of years, so I'm curious to hear where oh, it this was, project was. Oh, it was right across. It's the old post office, right across from the old post office. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. That building. And so they came in, uh, tore the building inside, uh, you know, took everything out, and all the old stuff, and then uh, had us come in and put new stuff in to look old. It's because this very dramatic Victorian red brick built oh, yeah. turrets and that's things. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different feel. So you went there. in to make it look old. So, yeah. we And that's the thing. Different cities have different feels. Yeah. So and that's why when we did Savannah, uh, about two years or so after I moved here, they called me up and they said, hey, we got this project. You can ride your bike down, work on it, you know, right down the street from your house. They knew that you were a bicyclist? Just they, they knew you really well? They knew me really well. They have known West. me really well for a couple of decades, <laughs> and really. If people, if you haven't seen, if you don't know David or haven't seen him riding around town, he has this bike that reminds me of the like Pee Wee Herman's oh, bike in the I'm movie. afraid that was amazing. stolen. Oh, I'm afraid that's Of course. Fine. Well, just like Pee Wee's bike. Yeah. He had well, this really cool red. It was cool, though. Kind of and bike. I didn't think about it as Pee Wee's until after I In the movie, it. his bike gets stolen, but then it gets recovered. So I'm wondering that didn't if happen at some yet. point you'll have an adventure and you'll yeah. get your bike back. Yeah, okay. Well, the thing, with, I mean, it's such an eye-catching bike. You'd see if somebody sees it around town, you know that that's your bike. <laughs> it's gone. So maybe nobody can take it No, it's town. gone. That's the other thing I was I'm used sorry, to. David. From, no, that's all right. Uh, I mean, uh, the other thing I was used to from living in the island was that that was a common occurrence oh okay <laughs> it's like oh okay your bike's just gone. like in again Savannah. yeah like okay i guess uh you know but i'm not stealing anyone else's to have revenge so <laughs> You're not i want forward. that i want that to be known i haven't had a bike in a few years but when i lived in savannah the first time and i was younger and i rode around a lot i went through two bicycles and each of them had an attempted thievery and then an actual thievery so right four attempts no it's, yeah that's just part of it. But that's the thing about down here, downtown, is it's really good to get around that way. Yeah. And I've had to, since my bike has gone, I've had to do some long-distance places. Uh, when I have to drive the truck around, it drives me nuts. So I just, I'm, I'm a simple guy. And I can take most everything I've got in my bag with really? me on the bike. Yeah, I was going to ask, so I'd love to talk about kind of technicalities of painting, especially... I, people listening maybe would like some hints. Do you have any? Um, what's like the weirdest material you've ever had to paint on, surface-wise? Oh, that's interesting. Let me think. Is um, like a nubbly cement. Is that very hard? No, no, no. That's not difficult. I'm okay. trying to think. Give me a break here. Hold on. Break. Because I've been in some situations that were interesting painting. Yeah. Um, some tight spots. Well, okay, I'll tell you one. 
uh, is I'm painting the lettering on the back of a boat. We're on a transom of a boat. We're in the dry dock. It's ready to be put in the water, but they're not doing that yet. But it's strapped up, ready to go with the crane. And while I'm finishing the lettering, the owner thinks it would be really funny if they pick the boat up while I'm back there sitting in the bosom chair and put it in the water. And I don't want to give them any satisfaction, so I just pretend it's not happening and I keep painting (laughs) and go in the water with it. It's like a battle of wills to see who's going to break first. Yeah. So there so you was just that. Get, you got gently lowered into the water. There was painting. that. There was another one that, uh, oddly today, we should, uh, it was during a hurricane. Yeah. Hurricanes coming in. I had a great boss. Her name was Mary. We're still good friends. But when I was first getting to know, working with her, uh, we're painting on the side, a thing on the side of this old house. It was the oldest house. Anyway. And... <laughs> How old was it? It was the oldest like, house in the Keys, and they were taking it and down to the downtown and going to make a display out of it. Uh, so the hurricane's coming in. I'm actually painting on the side. The paint is going about 90-degree angle with the wind oh. while I'm going up to paint it. And Mary comes up and says, uh, and I tell her, look, it's getting kind of difficult to keep this going. And she says, so. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mary. I guess we'll be doing that then. <laughs> like, I mean. <laughs> She's like, don't bring me your problems. With the but, yeah, I've had some weird, uh, aside from recently did a giant mural, many walls in the bar downtown, the Eclipse, by the way. Nice people. The Eclipse? Yeah. What is that? I don't Where know. Where the Jinx used to be. Oh, okay. I haven't been inside there yet. When you go inside, that's another one. Is it that all left the side, walls that are really mine. Long left wall. Yeah, you can okay. see. No, all of them. Oh, all of them. Was that weird to be in there? Like only because I've worked in bars before, usually, but uh, also they usually let me work in them when people are gone. Yeah. So when they're still there. Okay. Because that place is kind of open during the day, just sort of all hours. Yeah, they're open around noon. I mean, was it weird to be in there when it's not the Jinx anymore and you're changing No, I've never been to the Jinx. I didn't get out much. Okay. Let's talk about, so how long have you lived in Savannah? Got here in 05, so what's that? 17? Yes. Wow. That's that's the year that I first, that I moved here the first time. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, I had a, like I say, near the park, about two blocks away. Yeah, you Um, lived in the Victorian district. Try and decide between here or New Orleans. When you were coming from Key West. Yeah. Right? Okay. And yes, it's like the same kind of vibe that you're staying with. It's a small town New Orleans feel. What I've I heard think. us described as like, we're more fun and, wi- and we're wilder than Charleston, but we're not quite as messy as New Orleans. Exactly. We're like a happy medium. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because when I, I lived in New Orleans too for a year. Okay. Um, and then you had enough. That was fine. A year, and I'm you, fine. A year there ages you like. 10 I had years. a good time, <laughs> but I worked. Uh, I won't even get into that story. Uh, when when did you first get your studio at City Market? About three years ago. Okay. You know that I'm not there. That's recent that you're okay. not there anymore, right? Okay. So. Um, How long did it take you to move all your stuff out of there? Because you were one day. You were dug in. Oh, okay. I, right. I'm pretty good. All right, that's not as fun of a story as I was expecting. <laughs> That's fine. 
So you moved all, do you have a studio space in your house that you moved all your things to? Well, right now we're, yeah, there's that. I'm also use, utilizing, uh, uh, well, that's why I'm doing a lot of outside work. Okay, you're just sort of on the go. I'm on, I'm mobile. Work. I just did a cigar company over on uh, Avercorn. And, oh, cool. Uh, did all their windows. Um, but really when it comes in, and this goes back to technicality, is that I use three primaries in white. Are you using house paint? Would Depending on what the job is. Like, like gallons Like for of paint? glass, like the windows, and uh, official sign painting, which, you know, I enjoy that too, um, is called One Shot Sign Painter's Paint. It's really opaque. It's, it's specific oil enamel. Glass. Okay. No. No? It's not. Okay. But it's like... It's called sign painters. It's really opaque. Like, that's why they call it one shot. If you needed to um, take that off and change it, would you use a scraper? Yeah, scrape you'd have to do a whole... It'd be a pain. Okay. So like if this <laughs> it's one place not changes supposed their to come hours... Off. And that's the thing. <laughs> when I went up, they had their uh, name, their logo on the door in vinyl. And I went up and I thought, I'll have to scrape this off first. And then I reached up and it just peeled right off. It had been up there for two years. Okay. So, yeah, the paint stays well. You've seen the old buildings around town. I the love that they're called... paint stays on the buildings. They're called ghost signs, right? Yeah. When you see the sides of brick buildings and you see the old advertisements. Oh, I love on, those. I love that. Yeah. Right? And that's why sometimes we try to make it look like that. Yeah, sort too. of weathered. And that's the fun, too. What? Yeah, and there wasn't there a fun name for the people who painted that? Is it like road dogs or something Gypsies? like that? Uh, well, the name of the people who would do the ghost signs. I, I feel don't like there's know. A name for them. But for like sign painting, you know what? It, uh, this has got to be true. Uh, there, uh, knowing how artists have always had a difficult time getting money, you know, paid for things. Yeah. Uh, especially like, say, for instance, a portrait artist in the 17th, 16th century here in the States. Let's go back in time. And you know, I know some of those guys probably did like sign painting jobs for the taverns and things like this. But they didn't get any, nobody signed them. It wasn't, it was kind of anonymous. Right, right, exactly. And nobody, but everybody appreciates the work. Hey, here's a really cool old sign from Whitfield Ale or something. Uh, but nobody knows who did that. And it, I always think it had to be somebody who was a really good artist at portraits or something. Yeah, I mean. That also did that on the side just to get somebody, by. Maybe they were hanging off the side of, like, sometimes it's really high up at the top of the building. And they had to be really good at planning for scale and, like. Yeah, back then. Planning to fit a word in. And yeah, they can't grapple you know? down from the sides and hang by yeah, a rope. and they didn't have a projector like we have now where you could put tracing paper up and project oh, it and then trace it. They yeah. just had to plan that out. It's well, amazing. murals, murals, that's the same thing with signs, really. You get down to the basics, you, you graph it out. Yeah. Is that how you did for these inside here? Did oh, you this do one? It? Is it projected map, and trace it? No, that one I made up. Okay. I've been... I've actually, uh, I've had a lot of practice, <laughs> so yeah. this one came out, uh, you can, this is the map of the world, and Agatha's, this is, uh, you can see I had a little fun with some of the naming. Yeah, the, we're looking at, so it's like two circles next to each other, and it's sort of the the, the sides of the world, and all the Yeah, it's like a there. 17th, 18th century map that yeah, looks like it was faded. 
and it was a... Uh, you have a lot of lettering. My this. story is that I wanted it to look like it was stolen from Catherine the Great's, that is, she had it displayed in her... Is it a big piece of canvas? It is canvas. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love that it's a little bit kind of bumpy and wrinkled, and like I as if it was rolled up and then you unrolled it and put it up. Oh, I That's damaged that one. as much as I could. Did you like I... drive over it? Oh, yeah, truck? absolutely. Cool. Um, and that's about, I don't know, what is that, six or seven foot by... By 12 feet? Uh, let's say 15. It's a big rectangle, okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's go big. <laughs> but, but things like that are fun. Um, this one took a lot of time because it was real technical. Wait, so you're saying so you did not grid this one out? No. You just freehanded this? Pretty much, except for the lines. I just made sure I had yeah. a ruler to do where the straight line should be. But the curved, everything else. But that seems yeah. wild because you kind of exact. I mean, it, they had to be these sort of symmetrical two sides that match each of this mirrored thing. I know, they but if amazing. you do, I have this technique that if you do the grid, then you have, let's say, for instance... Uh, a one foot uh, square grid then each square you can see where inside that square alone things are going to be yeah so you don't look at the big picture so much when you first lay it out and that what it breaks it down into little bits makes it a lot easier then you can tie it together now you know my secret I love it now I have to kill you <laughs> That's the end of the interview <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, I'd love if you ever need a painting assistant. I'd love to kind of just come Understood. out and paint with you. That'd sure. I've assisted Dana Richardson before, which has been great. Oh right, right. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, she's yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, sign painting. Are Are you offering? Are you asking me? Well, no. I'm saying uh, because I was going to talk about the sign painting, but uh, yeah. because that's what I've been doing a lot lately. So what is it? So you're, um, did you say that you finished your two pieces here, and then what are right. you working on the rest of the day or week? The, right now, we're still working on the Eclipse Bar, the Eclipse because bar. there's okay. many walls in that place, and they, that was really nice of them to ask. How is your process of, um, is there a lot of back and forth as far as planning and pitching the idea and the oh, drawing yeah. or finding oh, all that? Oh, How does no, that we, go for you? Most of the time, standard is, uh, first I find out what and where and who I'm talking to so that I know what they want because it's going to be their project. Now that they ask me for ideas to enhance it, yeah. they're in trouble because <laughs> I can come up they with some wild idea. ideas. Also, and the interesting thing I've talked to, about, to other artists about this is when you're talking to people who maybe don't have a high degree of artistic experience and maybe they yeah, like I mean there's a wide variety of show with clients of how well they can describe what they want it might be a huge process okay I'll tell you one of the funniest uh, let me tell you one of the funniest ones yes, uh, to, to, for me uh, was when I had I had a print shop for years too a silkscreen print shop and um, fella came in wanted to design wholesale only business so I just did a lot of events and businesses and uh, thank you and he had an event coming up, Marlin Tournament. He had this idea in his head about what he wanted on the design. And it was so convoluted. And I had to sort of talk him down from that yeah. and explain graphically, we're working in two dimension here for a t-shirt. Let let's, <laughs> let's calm down. Yeah. And so we worked that all out. That was fine. It was, uh, and then... 
he sat down to wait. Oh, <laughs> you're just going to sketch it out right then? No. <laughs> he sat down to wait for me to draw it, shoot the screens, print the shirts. Oh. And I had to cool. explain yeah. this. And I don't know why I said this. <laughs> I swear to God. I said, I'm sorry, the art machine's broke. <laughs> it's going to take a little while. You were the art machine, though. You don't tell them. Don't confuse them. <laughs> yeah. So, so tomorrow then? Yeah, we can do it by tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to take a little time to do it. Was that feasible to get all that done by tomorrow? I mean, even that, it's pushing it. I do it. Okay. <laughs> this is what we do. You're professional. I mean, like, we need this. To, I get so <laughs> many things that people need these things done right away. So, okay. Yeah. Well, if we can, okay. I've always heard in design there's this principle you, that clients, you get two out of three. You get fast, cheap, or good. If they can pick, pick two of two. those, right? Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. So if so. you're going to do it from really well and fast, you better... Oh, get, you when better I was doing the shirt business, when I was doing the printing business, uh, the they almost always forgot to order them until a week before the event. Yeah. And so, okay. So you're just used... Okay, so... You, at this point in your career, are used to just, like, having to turn things out really, really quickly. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. fine. But it's also a matter of practice over the years. I mean, a lot of things I don't sketch out or hell, the lettering I don't even... Really? Spin. I just put out, a, like, a line okay. to know if it's high or tall. Or do, you mean, like, you know. masking tape lines or something? Yeah, sometimes in. you just do the blue tape on the top and the bottom. I just did a whole bunch of that and then just... And I, then I already know how it's going to fit. That's... that's I love that. Because All these years of experience. I've done a few of them. How do you... Um, how hard is it for you to keep track of your schedule of projects and where you are with things and, like, what day you're where and how to tell people well, it's like when you're working on stuff? Because the standard is, uh, depending on the project, I give people, I tell people it'll take about two weeks, say for, you know, oh, a pet portrait, yeah, or something, and I say about two weeks, and then so if I finish it beforehand, or something happens, yeah, so I can say you know okay, three days later, hey, we're ready. And then they are so surprised they don't realize that... Yeah, like under-promising and over-delivering. It's better to be It's better to be safe, that's yeah. all. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking you always have many projects going at once. It's Even two weeks seems like... I got a few. How would you uh, fit in a pet portrait now when you're doing all, this, all these murals and things? Well, the, for instance, frankly, the bar is very good about letting me come in and work a little bit now and then yeah. if I don't have anything pressing because it's not a rush job and we've gotten the whole thing done and now just little filigrees happen now oh, okay. that they okay. keep thinking of that they somebody had a great idea <laughs> like, and then suddenly have to add so something. I have to either call, <laughs> I either have to talk them down or we'll do it yeah. you know one way or the other but, I wasn't sure if you finished your story about the Marlin design and the screen printing. No, that was it. Okay, okay, cool. Sitting down to wait I want to make sure amazing. I don't thwart That was amazing. That was wild. That was one. <laughs> I've like, had a few. That, yeah. <laughs> you were like, sir, you can sleep out here in our lobby if you want while I'm working. Better. Well, I mean, you know, and that's the thing, too, is uh, a lot of times I don't do the 9 to 5. 
So if I'm on a project, yeah. if I really like it too, then we're not stopping. Are you a night owl in general? Please. Are you, yes. Or you know, okay. When everybody's asleep and calm and, yeah. I mean, when we were doing, um, well, again, when we were doing that museum, um, I mean, the guys lived there. The crew moved in and lived there at first just yeah. to get the place going. They so literally like, were sleeping and time eating. Time had no and, meaning. You yeah, were just and we were just get a lot of the stuff down, the basics. Wow. Uh, okay, and, speaking of time, we're going to take a little break. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, I'm here with David Lachlan, and we will be right back. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 F. Hey. So you want another beer? (laughs) Um, <laughs> this is Tamara Garvey, and I'm with David Lachlan. Also, just to set the scene, we're, this is the Thursday that the tropical storm is blowing in. So yes, the vibe the hurricane's coming is, in. It's like that, it's that, I always feel like in Savannah, when it's the time that a storm is coming, it's the same vibe as, like, right around Christmas and New Year's, where... You're right, it's most, a holiday. Like, people are off, unless you work in a, in a required, what is it called, in an essential position, people are off work, yeah. kids are out of school, just the whole vibe is very chill. Yeah, it's a whole uh, boarding up holiday. You're going people to People are home, yeah, the streets are kind of Instead of gifts, you're empty. getting supplies to board up your home. Like, the grocery store the grocery <laughs> store, and the liquor store has been cleaned out, and everybody is just Oh, like, I found that out, too. Well, everyone's on vacation. They're kind of just home day drinking and right. stuff. So we're doing this interview, and so it's a weird vibe. And the, and the hurricane is coming in now. It's supposed to be this afternoon. Right. The tropical storm. Right. I always feel bad because, I don't know, I was thinking about this as I was driving over. The weather is so beautiful and delightful. And every year, 
this is what ushers in our fall is that like it, it's like the knowledge that somewhere in the Caribbean and or Florida is being pummeled and literally people are losing their property and that's what starts our beautiful weather you know every year I never uncanny. thought of it that way it's amazing like that's what starts us not having our horrible summer anymore is I just remember when I first moved up here and I don't remember the name of the hurricane I've been through so many um that I remember watching it on the Weather Channel and thinking, oh, I've got to go get my... This was down... It was hitting down in the islands. And I was thinking, oh, I've got to go get my water and propane and whatever we have to do. (laughs) And then I realized, oh, no, I'm in Savannah. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's a weird thing with the geography here, right? That usually when it gets to us... Well, there's a reef. It's lower. That it it's like at a off. lower level. It sort of bounces off the reef too, historically, okay. when it comes up, and then it goes up and hits Charleston. Which, which reef? Where's the reef? Gray's Reef. Okay. Out on the coast. I just remember reading recently that there's something about the shape of our coast and where we are that for yeah, that right. we don't get it as badly as we might have just because of something specific about right. us. Right. It just it's already going on a path, and we all of a sudden have an inland curve where we are, right. and so it doesn't bother to go along the coast so it even might be worse even north of us like charleston yes. might get worse yeah. yes haha ha. sorry <laughs> and they don't even have the benefit of just going to clean out their liquor store because we all well, know charleston's a different vibe uh don't get me started on anyway. hurricanes i've been through many um well let's talk about so just now we were taking a break and we kind of started talking about extroversion versus introversion and i wanted to talk about this for our interview because this comes up with everybody we talk to just the aspect that like artists you know you're in your sweet spot kind of working alone or maybe in a studio around people and then there comes a time where you have to get it out there to people and either at a gallery show or some kind of opening and talk to people and you were just about to tell a story of your introvert oh well one of the weirdest ones because uh, I go through periods where I'm okay but most of the time I'm not <laughs> as Many yeah. will attest. You mean as far as socializing? Right. Yeah. And one of the worst ones was I had a, I was doing a show with two other people, and opening night, uh, I get to the door, there's a lot of people there, and I decide to go away. Thinking my other two artist friends who are at the show, they can handle it. Yeah. You know, they can make you know, socialize and everything. I just couldn't do it. This that is night. literally like a movie. I mean, it seems like a scene in a movie where somebody gets to the door with their hand on the handle. I open the then, door. I, I hear somebody across the room literally, "Hey, Dave!" And I'm uh, like, "Hey!" Oh, and I'm like, you. "Okay, bye." Uh, and then I left. Wow! So you didn't even it wasn't even a clean getaway. They knew you were there. Yeah, but uh, n- I didn't think anybody noticed. Being such an introvert. I thought nobody would have noticed me there. Was so. this in Savannah or in Key West? That was in Key West. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here, I mean, I've, as a few people will tell you, I'm really bad about showing up. I have done that same thing, but at least it wasn't my own show. Was that was it hard for you for those couple of years you had a studio in City Market and you were That was a very painting, good learning experience. By all the time? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm in City Market, which is where... All the tourists, most likely, hopefully, go through before they see the town. It's sort of a getting their feet wet type of thing. Yeah. Uh, they they at least do the quick run through, and I was lucky. I was upstairs, so it wasn't a lot of traffic, 
foot traffic, uh, but there was a, more people than I'm used to than walking in in my home studio, let's say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I was, uh, some days I was okay, but I figured, you know, this is a learning thing, and I've really got to learn how to associate with people a little better. I, I've had a weird, I've just had a weird life where first I was isolated on a farm. Yeah, where were you born again? This was up in Ohio, and when we started our farm, uh, we were 12 miles out of town. We, uh, the school wasn't even near a town. Mm. We had 15 kids in my class. And so that's kind of isolated. And so you grew up just entertaining yourself. Read, read a lot of books. And yeah. That's where I think I drew pictures and, and read a lot and wrote and all that jazz. Uh, and then, yeah, just because what else are you going to do? When you're snowed in for two weeks at a time before the snowplows could even make it out to your place. Yeah. I mean, okay. And that's interesting to think about. I wonder how many artists and musicians have childhoods like that where they had a lot of time either by necessity or by choice to just be alone and kind of in their head and making things up for themselves some of them get bored and start doing things some of them don't plus in my generation maybe it was just me too on the farm we didn't have we didn't watch a lot of tv right so you had a radio you'd listen to we had the radio we did of course computers weren't even around no so there's books which was great, really. I read all of Mark Twain. I was into him when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and all the cl- I decided let's read all the classics because uh, they are classics. And at I, night, is it at night when like the family sits around and listens to no 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 plays I, on I, the radio? I, no, it's it's even worse. It okay. was up in <laughs> up in my room. Uh, but I mean, but then. Um, I don't know, it was sort of like I didn't have the uh, art education at all. I was actually, uh, you know, they didn't even want me to bother with it. Told I was discouraged from doing it. What did you think, when you were little, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? I wrote down that I was going to be a game warden, a comedian, or an artist. A, a game warden, a comedian, or okay. Yeah. I have that written down from the sixth grade. Did you ever dabble in either oh, yeah. game warden or comedian? Oh, yeah. Dad was a game warden. So I mean, the comedy was... thing sounds very... How would you have done that if you're... I don't know. I just... I, I was reading Mark Twain. Okay. And I thought that was a... He was funny. So not oh, not necessarily like a stand-up comedian. No. I feel like I've just shown my age that that's immediately what I thought of. No. A, okay. a writer. Okay. Uh, more like. But I wrote comedian uh, because I was thinking in those terms. Um, but I think for a lot of artists, that's pretty extreme, but for a lot of artists, they are, they feel isolated and they direct their emotions. They direct their feeling, their whatever into something that can give them something back as well as giving some other people back. Or or just to get it out of their system. Yeah. Maybe you, you grow up, you have all these thoughts and feelings and instead of like, having conversations with lots of people. Right. Your, your conversation, like your way of getting it out and working through it is just either, you know, either experiencing the world or, or questioning the world or something and nobody's around. So you yeah. sort of try to keep it open to find out what, 
And it's a lot of curiosity. It's like the art is your conversation partner. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, that's good. I hey, that's it. pretty good. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Every so often, I get that. What but, is it yeah. that you, well, you had a term for what you said about radio a few minutes ago. Oh. What is it? Was it? The theater of the mind. I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Because, like I said, if you ever listen to the old radio shows, the old mysteries and whatever, you're you're sitting and thinking about the character, what they look like, the setting. Yeah. You're doing that. Do you think, you know how there's different types of learning, like people either are auditory learners where they... Oh, absolutely. And then, and then writing. So I've always had a really hard time just listening to things and not letting my mind... Wander, so sure. ironically now I'm doing a radio show. But usually, like when I was little, I mean, I, I would pick things up much more if I'm reading reading a book or writing about it than listening to a teacher. My my mind would always really really wander, and I wonder if Me there's. Too. Do you think? I mean, Which the idea is, of like like either reading a book and letting your mind experience the characters, or listening to a radio show and letting your mind experience the. I wonder if people used that's to be sort of two different mediums at auditory listening. You know. You know you're right. I thought that too. Because especially now, when I was surprised when we, uh, for instance, a friend got some equipment in, we are putting together, and there were no instructions. There's a YouTube video. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Take, let's get real basic yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> Instead of just a booklet and of instructions. For me, I'm so used to getting a little book and right. reading and seeing the diagrams and all. And no, you have to watch the video. There's nothing really. Yeah, that's okay. interesting. Wow. But that's the way they do it nowadays. Huh. So, okay. But you're right. Some people adapt better through different, uh, whatever the word is. Yeah. Uh, place. I wonder. Cabins meets. About 13 people work there. Half of them were related. And it's also in the middle of nowhere. It's out in the country. And they did everything from everything. We made our own hams. Let's, yeah, Okay. And uh, <laughs> it was just part of our life, you know. That's what we did on the farm. So I started doing little cartoon ads for them. And just uh, while it, for no reason really except things I do. Where, were they, where were they being shown? That? They put them in the regional newspapers okay. and different papers once a week. Uh, little cartoon pigs and cows doing things. And then the hand lettering of the... Not the hand lettering. Okay. No, just the picture, just the cartoon. And it took them a long time to get me to accept money for them. Because it was really hammered in my head. I couldn't make any money doing this. Don't bother. Why are you even doing that? Oh. Right? So these people finally gave me five bucks each for these little ads. And uh, I ended up doing them for them for 20 years. Wow. If I was gone, wherever I was, I'd send them like 20 at a time, and I'd always charge them five bucks each. And they put them on billboards after a while and stuff like this. Was it still just little cute drawings of animals? Well, Did it change? Cartoon pigs and cows cartoon, doing okay. things, you know, sometimes political commentary. Yeah? Uh, well, uh, but nobody would get nowadays. But... <laughs> But I'd make sure we'd throw a little stuff in now and then. Yeah, because it was funny. If it was funny, we'd do yeah. it. So that was your first paid paid art gig. Five bucks each. I'm sure that's a lot. And then, that was the, good regional, money. then the regional papers, I'll tell you what, 
the regional papers started coming and asking me to do work for them and things. Oh. And it really bugged me. It really scared me because I was so ingrained in my head that I should not be doing this. Yeah. And I had a job as a butcher. Yeah. I was making good money. So it was like a fear of success almost. Yeah. Like a fear that it was actually happening. Yeah. I'm well, afraid I, so. I can see that because if you, if, then if you start trying, you have some hope. And then if it doesn't work out, that's almost And that's worse. already been dashed a then few it's times. Like your hope is dashed. So yeah. let's not do it again. Yeah, it's almost it's like worse to try and fail. Yeah. So I that's why I ended up uh, well, frankly, I hadn't seen my dad, who was a big influence when I was a kid, but I hadn't seen him since I was like nine, eight or nine years old. Or heard from him. Oh. Long story with that. And I knew he lived in the Keys. So I went down, and I had word through my uncle that if I ever wanted to, to go down and see him. He would be happy to see me. Uh, so I finally, yeah. First time I tried to get down there was a long story. I ended up in Tucson, <laughs> jumping trains, working on a carnival. It sounds like a setup for a joke. You took a wrong turn at I, It wasn't a joke, though, <laughs> but in Oklahoma, yeah. I ended yeah. up uh, taking a wrong turn there. <laughs> And, uh, but when I got there, yeah, it was like, uh, oh yeah, I like this place. It must look like paradise. You were from it wasn't a so, farm in Ohio. It wasn't so much that as that I just wanted to go see my dad because, and we were good friends after that. Turned out he was a great guy and we got along really well yeah. the rest of our lives, the rest of his life. And, uh, we were like old brothers, really. Um. How old were you when you arrived at Key West? 19. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't Key West, though. That was a few islands up. He had a private place. Oh. It sounds very, a, very Hemingway. I'm sorry. It was a really, you don't even, there's so much to that that someday <laughs> I should write it down. You absolutely should write all this. I'm I mean, we found amazed out. that you haven't yet written 19, like enough material for 19 memoirs. I really have had a weird life. You've been life. such a wild life. I've, things happen. I don't know why. Um, but. They're fun, so let's go with it. <laughs> so you went to QS and you still were like doing these little drawings for the meat. No, that was plan some... and sending it to them. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, I was doing that too, but that's not really what really kicked me off down there. Uh, well, we had the newspaper that we did for years, uh, the Mangrove, and I was just involved with a lot of media. Uh, then I got involved with some historic tours. Okay. And they're the ones who really helped out. I also did work for the American Orient Express Rail Company. Wow. And I ended up doing work for the Mint with those guys. Wow. And it was just things led... Yeah. So to, the historical tour, that was your first kind of mural jobs that you were getting? Uh, big time commercial, yeah, yeah. Because they had so many opportunities. Well, it sounds cool. So you arrived, and it's a small community, so it's it's you could like get yeah. in with this local small island, and, and I show up for work and yeah. do things. And then you start so they like public. Me. And like, knows okay. You. I want to talk about just to switch tax a little bit since Sorry. you've been in no, you're fine. since you've been in Savannah for a while. Do you want? Can you talk a little bit about how you think the art community here is at 
at the at the current moment compared to when you first got here in two thousand five? I think it's well. I mean, it's sort of like SCAD, is, SCAD no, is probably twice as big as it was then. Right. The tourism and that is has absolutely many increased. times bigger. Well, I'll tell you what. When I first got here, I thought one of the reasons I like this place was, and I didn't know anything about SCAD when I moved here. Yeah. Um, it just so happened that that was that was cool. Okay, there's a bunch of artists running around, a bunch of little freaks. I'm yeah. like, okay, I need <laughs> coming up from Key West. I needed that a little weirdness in my life, uh, and I loved it. And I thought it was so cool. And I also realized after seeing, frankly, where I moved from become popular, air quotes here, uh, and overrun and became like a it. I won't even go on. Yeah. Um, like a playground. Well, like a home. No, it used to be a playground. Then it became a homeowners association. Okay. I mean, when they were talking about not having Christmas tree lights on people's porches because it wasn't the right time of year, are you kidding me? <laughs> Where do you think you are? Uh, but so I thought, okay, when I came here, I thought this is really cool. I I really enjoy it. It's got a great vibe. Yeah. Felt good vibe first time I came through here just visiting. And it was like a good level of tourism then. like a. It was okay. Yeah. Not compared to what I had seen happen down there though. Yeah. Because we had the cruise ships coming in every day after a while. That didn't used to be a normal thing down there. Okay. You could see that, that it's going, this place is, there's no way it can't be popular because it's got so much going for it. And we'll just enjoy it while we can, while we it, I know, I know. Because it is really I, different from now. the perspective of seeing some place like that go down, yeah. to me, go down, my personal opinion. Uh, but here, it's heartening because it's not as bad as what I've seen before. And they're actually, when, I mean, down there, one of the things that got me, told me it was time to leave, they came out with this rule about you, there were only three colors of paint. You could paint your fence. Wow. Three. Black, white, and green. That's the only one approved in the city. Okay. So here, they tell me it's bad. You haven't seen bad. So this is a... Uh, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> don't give them ideas. Ideas. But enjoy it while you can, because, you know, it's sort of like Paris in the 20s. It's sort of like these places throughout history, which are popular and cool for a while. Yeah. And then... A certain, like a little blip in a certain place. Yeah, it happens yeah. and you're enjoying it while you can. Yeah, I know from having lived here for five, like the same year you got here, 2005, and I was here for five years, and then I was in New York for seven years, and then when I came back, just because I had a break from it, when I arrived back, it was very obvious, like the change that had happened and just the degree of tourism. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I feel like, like if you've been here continuously the whole time, it's a little less obvious because it's like that that story, like a frog, a frog right. in a boiling pot of water. You don't notice it. But having left and then come back, when I came back, I was like, oh, the city had been written up in a few, you know, bridal magazines, I guess, for bachelorette parties. And so that it was like very obvious that suddenly it was a new, a whole new degree of tourism. and. But still, and then that's brought different types of buildings being built. That's so that's whole, going a on cycle, a lot a right cycle. now. Yeah. And but, what can you do? Uh, like I said, I've had the benefit of seeing the change before. Yeah. And and being the frog in the boiling water, didn't realize until it was like, oh, we've we've progressed this 
far badly, yeah. have we? And that's when he jumped out. Like, time the, to go. The boiling okay. pot. When one of the, well, yeah. But that's why also, uh, I don't know. Uh, Savannah's got its own unique charm. Absolutely. It's, and I think it's, it's beneficial, or, or I don't know what the word is, uh, that it's the hostess city instead of the host city. Oh, it's a little feminine? It's, it's got a more, for me, that means a more, I don't know, uh, broader Gen outlook. Okay. Really. Instead of just, we're going to make this all work and it's going to be, you know, uh, we're all going to be rich or whatever like that. <laughs> uh, it's more like they have more consideration. It's about entertainment and well, making things nice. Consideration. Okay. Because courtesy and consideration are two things that could change the world if we had a little bit more of that. And I've said that forever. Yeah, that's very wise. I want to ask you, okay, so just uh, what's what's next for you art-wise? I have you no idea. No? All right. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm putting like out just, books. You're sort of indefinitely working on these murals at the Eclipse. Oh, not indefinitely, but... <laughs> But it's just that's that's sort of been I've been going back and forth with them for a few because first they asked me and this is typical of what I said before first they asked me if I would do behind the bandstand they had this yeah. uh, and I gave them this idea uh, they saw some work I'd done the spirit animals you remember those I did last year and they wanted them done like that which was okay unique uh, and then after that they wanted to expand the rest of the wall. And then called me back and asked if I could do all the other walls. Like, okay, we'll yeah. do that. But I think it was, and frankly, I think it was they wanted to know if I would show up and do the work oh, on time. Okay. Yeah. Without, you know. Yeah, they just wanted to test you first on a small thing and, and make see sure if I'd okay. end up drunk in the alley behind the place or something, <laughs> you know? Okay, so we always, um, at the end of our show, Melissa and I have a couple questions. We do like Please. our. Inside the actor studio questions. We have four, four things on. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so if you were going to listen to some music to jazz yourself out to get ready to go out or just walking down the street, some music in your head, what's the song? That's music is so important to me that I would be remiss to pick any one song out. It really goes for the feel of the day. Yeah. Like, for instance, this morning I was singing, uh, I was uh, listening to a song I hadn't heard in years that was one of my dad's favorites for some reason. And uh, it popped up on its own and uh, just became like, oh, crap. Uh, I hadn't heard it in so long. And it was like maybe somebody saying hi. So we take it for that. But there's so much in music. What uh, is the song? Well, it's by a group called Via Con Dios, and it was the name is Nana Na. Okay. <laughs> if you want that, uh, yeah, uh, music is too much for me. That's that's so deeply ingrained in what I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me ask you: uh, Can you name a figure or two in your field who you really look up to? Well, when I was a kid. Uh, Norman Rockwell and Salvador Dali. Yeah. And I uh, love those guys. Dali was a comedian. I thought he was hilarious. I knew he was just putting people on. 
And if you take him with that uh, attitude, it's a lot easier to understand. Because he was just goofing around. Yeah. Norman, uh, I read both of his autobiographies. He had so much fun, he wrote two. Uh, and I just loved his skill, of course. Yeah, technically. Okay, my, my second question, I always ask people, if you weren't doing what you were doing, what field would you like to work in? But you kind of already answered. When you were little, you also thought about comedy or being a game warden. I'd be more happier farming or game warden. Yeah. Really. Okay. Um, um, okay, so the last question, Melissa would always ask, since she is co-owner of East Shaver, she would ask, what is a book that really speaks to you? Oh, so many. That's almost like a music question. Um, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite authors is Lyle Watson. He was a biologist from South Africa. Uh, I fell into a book of his called Supernature when I was a kid. I was reading about all the religions in the world when I was about 13. I wanted to learn about all the religions in the world. And this book was in the library, in the school library, in the wrong place. <laughs> and so they called it Supernature, so I guess they figured, okay, it was part of the weird spirituality section. But it wasn't. It was just biology. And it was just explaining that the same, one of the great lines, the same atoms that make a rock make a rabbit. When you start thinking about that, yeah. you start thinking about a few other things. And then just how life works, simply. Well, David, this is really a pleasure. I love <laughs> all the wild things we've covered. This is amazing. Thank you so much for, thanks for taking so much time to talk to me My today. My pleasure, of course. And good luck with that little radio you. show of yours. <laughs> thanks for, yeah. <laughs> Let me take a moment and thank you for starting this thing off. I appreciate it. Thanks for building the audience. See, that's why I mean we build stuff. I'm hoping to not have up. decimated the audience by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Have a good one. Enjoy the hurricane. Yeah. Here's some fun cultural events coming up soon. On Thursday from 7 to 9, there is free line dance lesson at Starlin Yard. Also Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m., There is a lecture at Jepson Center for the Arts. It's the art and legacy of Philip J. Hampton. Um, Friday at 7 p.m. at the Savannah Culture Arts Center, they have a film on called God's Creatures. On Saturday is the Gordonston Art Fair. It's a juried local and regional artists and artisans, and there's going to be food trucks and children's activities. Um, And also through October 26th, Heather Statmary has an art show at the Rule of Three Gallery called How Much Is Not Enough. Up next on WRUU, it's that old Savannah magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.